You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Health Hub. I'm Kathy Biasa, your host, and along with our producer, Alex Diaz, and our production assistant, Daniel Tersini, we would like to welcome you to our show. Good morning, Alex. How are you? Good morning, Kathy. I'm keeping quite well. Excellent. Uh, it's both of our first days back in the studio in three yes. weeks. So yes. if you hear buttons pressed and you hear, you know, oopsies and stuff, yeah. Happen, but that's all right. So Be patient with us. Radio. Yeah, it's amazing what you forget in three weeks. Just Tell kind of like it. muscle mass, right? Goes away quickly. Too quickly. Yeah. How was your holiday? Very restful, and I I uh, went to to Spain as I had previously mentioned, mm-hmm. perhaps uh, for my sister's wedding, which was uh, quite beautiful. Got to meet uh, the entire uh, family, which was nice, and I'm I'm just really happy for for my sister. And, and my new and my new brother now. So. And your new brother. That's yeah. wonderful. Uh, I've never been to Spain. So um, did you do traveling around yes, there? I went to uh, Barcelona, uh, Camos, uh, Girona, and Estoga. Very nice. Essentially. Was so. it as hot there as it's been here? Um, I believe I believe so, yes. Yeah, it's been quite yes, warm here. It, it has been quite, quite warm here for sure is what I've heard. Excellent. And you, you were telling me your grandfather's not well, so our prayers go out to him. And I hope everything um, works out for the best in that area. It's tough to see one of our families struggle. but uh, Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Our prayers are with you. Thank you. And of course, today's show is live, our first show in three weeks. And if you would like to call in, our number is 416-245-1534. Please follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at the Health Hub RMC. And do feel free to email us at thh at radiomaria.ca. If you have any questions for us, if you want to get a hold of any previous guests, we've had um, all the podcasts are now up from our previous shows and they are doing quite well uh, off the top of my head the tourism one with Chris Gonzalez okay. is their most recent one I believe yes, yes. yes. and that was quite interesting it uh, really got me diving into it, it touring tourism now is not um, is not what he were talking about with him was sort of healthy tourism and going to destinations and traveling healthy which made me sort of do a deep dive into sustainable traveling so that's a new interest of mine and I'm doing some uh, some research on that because I do like to travel and it's very interesting when someone like Chris opens your eyes to traveling with more mindfulness the things that you can do when you're traveling to help the places that you're going to sustain them um, just by what you're packing, how you're packing. So many wonderful things. You know, we are evolving into a more conscientious society, I think. And 
that podcast was wonderful. So the last three weeks are up off the top of my head. I cannot remember them, but do go to um, radiomaria.ca. You can go to my website, which is kathybiasse.com or all of your favorite podcast platforms, SoundCloud and iTunes, and you will see them all there. And uh, they're doing quite well. People have taken a, a real interest in them. So it's wonderful. Now today, uh, this is sort of a, a public service announcement for non-drinkers, non-alcoholic drinkers, or for those who might be the designated driver for an evening. And the idea to talk about it came to me when I was out this past weekend and um, was looking for something to have to drink on the patio. There were a few of us out and uh, I thought, you know, what am I going to drink? I know I, I drink wine, but uh, I just didn't feel like it was really hot night and I just didn't feel like having wine and I perused down the menu and I found um, non-alcoholic cocktails nice uh, it really nice and to be perfectly frank I had heard of this company called Seedlip a year ago and I have ordered two of their products but it was great to see them on the menus of uh, the menu of this particular place that we were at uh, up till now you know the choices if you're not drinking are, are fairly limited you can, we always have a, a virgin cocktail you know the things that come to mind are virgin Caesars pop and water if uh, you're the person that's not drinking and and you know you're sometimes looking at him, but that's all right. yeah well and, but th- this is <laughs> yeah. absolutely what I'm talking about and some people just feel that they're not partaking as much because they don't have the fancy glass or right. or the cocktail sort of thing. And I, and I thought, you know, just to, to give you um, another thing out there that's a little bit healthier of an option for you, I'd introduce you to this company. And they are called Seedlip. And I'll just give you a brief explanation of them. I have no affiliation whatsoever. I just, you know, when I find something that I think is is terrific, I want to pass it on to you guys because it's, um, you know, all in the name of good health and sharing good information. So Seedlip produces and sells non-alcoholic spirits. The development and creator is Ben Branson, and he uses herbal remedies and distillation techniques that date back to the mid-16th century, Century, and he uses these to formulate his products. To date, uh, from what I looked at on his website, he has three offerings of non-alcoholic um, spirits. They are all zero-calorie, no sugar and sweetener, and sweetener-free, and no artificial flavors. So the they just you, you don't even you wouldn't even miss the alcohol when right. you're drinking these they are delicious and very different so I, I just thought you know again this is just purely out of you know to know we're in the middle of summer and you know Toronto is just uh, bustling on the patio so if you want something that's a little different they have three as I said offerings one is called Garden 108 and this is a floral blend of hand-picked peas and homegrown hay actually from Branson's farm uh, with traditional garden herb distillates and he suggests to have it with tonic water and uh, a sugar snap pea to garnish. Hmm. You do that you put it in a fancy little glass and you just feel like you're right in the midst of all that's going on and tasty. I'm going to tell you the cocktail that I had uh, whatever day it was on the weekend that I went down there. The next one is called Spice 94, and this is Jamaican allspice berry and cardamom distillates with two barks and a bright citrus finish. And a simple um, serving for him was tonic with 
red grapefruit peel as a garnish. So, you know, just adding tonic water to these things. This is generally when I have it, when I'm, you know, up north, I just put tonic water. I don't go to the extremes that some of the, the bars do when they're doing their, their concoctions. Sometimes uh, simplicity is best in terms well, of the it, flavors, right? It is, and... You, you can't really drink these things on their own, and I do think that actually on the website they recommend that you don't drink them alone. They're quite, um, they're quite strong, but it's amazing when you mix them with something else how much they just sort of blend into what you're doing with them. So it's not something that you just sort of add ice to. You do have to put some at least tonic water in. Right. The third one is called Grove 42, and this is um, a zesty complex citrus blend of Orange and spice distillates. And again, tonic water with a twist of orange peel makes it look pretty. But I wanted to uh, let you know what I had. And I got, um, it was called, I think it was called a garden blush. And so it was that, uh, what is it called? The Garden 108 uh, distillate. And they put in it at the place I was at, cucumber juice, lime, fresh mint, and a touch of honey. It was delightful. It really was good, and uh, they served it in a nice little glass. And so there you go. I just wanted to give you other options. So it is called Seedlip. It will be under non-alcoholic, um, non-alcoholic beverages. So it is coming, becoming more and more popular as the bars are now really starting to understand that there, are, there is a, a significant number of people that uh, prefer non-alcoholic drinks and want more than just sweet pop or yeah. water. So, um, again, it's called Seedlip. So, hopefully, you can uh, look out for them. Their website is called uh, seedlipdrinks.com. And actually, on their website, uh, I was looking at it yesterday, they've got a whole bunch of recipes if you want to use their products. I have no idea if it's sold in stores here, but I ordered mine online. So, there's your handy dandy um, tip as we come back into our live shows after three weeks. So, on to our show today. Most of us who share our homes with animals, um, our pets, are actually natural extensions of our family. So, you know, when they hurt, we hurt. And we want to provide the best health care for our animals, for our pets, that help to ensure that they live a healthy, happy vibrant, long life. So hence the introduction of our guest, Dr. Carol Osborne. Dr. Osborne is an author and world-renowned integrative veterinarian of 20 plus years. After graduating from the Ohio State College of Veterinary Medicine, Dr. Carol completed a prestigious internship at the Columbus Zoo. Shortly afterwards, she launched a very successful private practice and became the founder and director of the nonprofit organization, the American Pet Institute. Today, Dr. Carroll operates the Chagrin Falls Veterinary Center and Pet Clinic. She offers traditional veterinary care for dogs and cats with a softer, natural touch. Her approach highlights the importance of nutrition and utilizing holistic avenues in combination with traditional treatments, the definition of integrative care. Dr. Carroll has appeared several times on Fox and Friends, The Today Show, Good Day LA, and Discovery's Animal Planet. She's also been featured in USA Today, the LA Times, Ladies Home Journal, Women's World, In Style, and the New York Daily. Our learning points today, among many, will be how integrative veterinarians differ from mainstream vets, pros and cons of different types of diets for your, your cats and dogs, uh, safe vaccination with your pets, warm weather safety tips, and um, 
safe vacationing for your dogs, especially this time of year. It's important to understand the safety safety tips that uh, go along with having your pets on vacation with you. So when we return, when we return, we will talk with Dr. Carol. Well, I called your name a long time ago And you sprung a well from a heart of stone But I was careful then what I let you see Only thought you wanted the best in me The less I trust you, the less I grow The more you love me, the more I know I don't have to be afraid to show all of me Follow me where this hurt You show me what healing can do Where this hatred You show me how kindness can move Where this fear deep inside I won't run, I won't hide I give you all of me so that you can see Every broken piece and open up my heart beneath my skin You don't look away cause you understand And you hold my heart with a gentle hand Oh, where this hurt You show me what healing can do Where this hatred You show me how kindness can move Where this fear deep inside I won't run, I won't hide I'll give you all of me so that you can see every broken piece and open up my heart and love you in my my whole heart. The less I trust you, the less I grow. The more you love me, the more I know. I don't have to be afraid to show all of me, all of me where this hurting. Sorrow and shame enter into the pain where this hurt. You show me what healing can do. Where this hatred, you show me how kindness can move. Where this fear deep inside, I won't run, I won't hide. I give you all of me so that you can see every broken piece and open up my. are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. Our phone number, if you'd like to call in, is 416-245-1534. Please do follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at the Health Hub RMC. We've got a few minutes for more questions, and then we'll, we'll close it out. Dr. Carol, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you, Kathy. I'm delighted to join you. What a great topic to talk about after a three-week hiatus for us. I'm really looking forward to this show. I have two dogs of my own. Well, that's wonderful. That's uh, man, man's best friend for the very best reason. They're just 
wonderful companions, and they put so much love and joy in, in, into our lives. So it's uh, it's a delight to join you today and and share our love of animals and great tips for healthy long lives with all of your pet-loving listeners. And we have a lot. We've got a lot of questions, and I'm going to sort of integrate them into the show and then maybe take some time to deal with some. Um, some of them are actually my husband's. Ask her this. Ask her that. <laughs> it's, it's okay. We'll, we'll see what we can get to. How did you develop this passion for animals? Oh, I've loved animals ever since I was a, a tiny child. And um, and as as I grew up, I I realized that being able to combine my, my love for animals and my thirst for medicine, uh, being a veterinarian would be an ideal way to accomplish both of those goals. And um, as such, it's it's been a lifelong endeavor. Well, wonderful. And you've had such success. You've been on such uh, prominent shows and interviews. So everybody must gravitate to your way of thinking in animal care and the tenderness that, that you know, exudes when you're speaking about animals. Just wonderful. Just wonderful. Uh, yeah, and you know, a good point, Kathy, is is, is a lot of people uh, don't really know what, what an integrative veterinarian is. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, an integrative veterinarian is someone that integrates or combines uh, the traditional Western medicine techniques with the natural Eastern therapies. Uh, and in doing such, we, we try to optimize healthcare individually for, for each patient. We, uh, we and I personally try to avoid as many prescriptions, uh, chemicals, and drugs as I can, and when we can find a a natural alternative to replace it with, uh, that's exactly what we do. So you've had to, I imagine, embark on a new line of study when it comes to care for the animals, just as an integrative practitioner would be for the humans. Um, How did you go about studying for animal care in a more Eastern way? Well, after I graduated from Ohio State College of Veterinary Medicine, I was in private practice for about 10 years, and all my puppies and kittens suddenly became senior citizen, and they were afflicted by the variety of, of aches and pains that we do experience when we become a little older in life, and when I would look around for certain solutions to try to, to help my patients I could only find things that sort of put a Band-Aid on them, Um, but I couldn't really find anything where I could get at the root of the issue, address things in a functional manner, uh, and try to help them rejuvenate, recover, rejuvenate, if if, if you will, um, so that we weren't just dealing with the end, but you know what I mean, trying trying to help them go forward. Um, so it, it was at that point that I, I took a sabbatical and I took professional education in, uh, in nutrition and holistic therapies. And then uh, after that, I wrote a couple of books and, and, and reopened up my clinic so that I could share my new uh, way of thinking and, and all my newly learned knowledge with uh all the pet lovers in this area of Ohio. 
Well, you know, the integrator, I love the words you're saying, integrative, functional is another one. Uh, the, it, I don't think people have yet, where people are just coming into the functional atmosphere for humans. And I think this is going to be a new topic and people may not have actually considered a functional approach to to having their animals taken good care of. And, you know, although, and we're going to get into this in a little bit, although we can't cross over supplements directly, human, dog, we are, you know, a different system altogether. The underlying uh, theme that each pet is individual. Each pet needs to be treated uh, on an emotional level as well as on a medicinal level is, is quite novel for some people. Yeah, pets just like you, you and I have uh, physical needs, they have emotional needs, and we try to address all of those issues um, go, going forward to optimize uh, health and welfare um, and then work with the owners so that they get a better understanding of what we're doing and where we're trying to go and how we can best do that as a team. Well, let's dive into, you know, some of these questions that I have uh, myself and also that have been asked to us. Uh, Let's start sort of on the wider frame. What areas of mainstream veterinary, we're talking mainly cats and dogs here, right? That's where your, your practice is focused right now? So yes, we'll, we'll keep exactly it to that. Correct. Okay, so we'll keep it to cats and dogs here. Okay. Um, and then I'll leave it to everybody if you would like to contact Dr. Carroll. We'll give all the information out, and she can point you in the right direction if you're looking for some more exotic animals. Um, where would you challenge mainstream veterinary practices the most? Well, I, I don't really know, Kathy, that, that challenge is, is the right term. Um. I just like to think of what I like to do is I think that there are lots of lots of people and lots of pet owners out there that have realized that more drugs and more prescriptions are not necessarily the solution. Mm-hmm. And through the various menu pet food recalls uh, and, and, and some of the quite frankly, disasters uh, that, that pets and their owners have been through with the pet foods and with some of the traditional medicines uh, that have been recalled for, for various reasons. There are many, many people out there, I find, who are willing to go the extra mile uh, to try to minimize unnecessary drugs and chemicals. Uh, There are many people out there who have realized that the bag of dry dog food sitting at the pet store is not necessarily providing your pet with optimal nutrition, Um, over-vaccinating your pet going in every year, even every three years, again, is not really making your pet any healthier. So just as an example, uh, when it comes to vaccines, and I do believe that we all need to have a, a baseline level of immunity uh, g- given to us when, when the mother's immunity from her milk runs out, but after that, we, we offer titers, and, and a titer is a blood test that we take and send to a lab that documents whether or not an individual has a protective level of internal immunity. <laughs> for that specific disease, and that would pertain to 
rabies, distemper, parvo, hepatitis, leptospirosis, uh, kennel cough, etc. So it, instead of you know running to the vet every year and having to put more and more vaccines in you, a titer uh, is is a very valid option that allows you to find out if the pet already has a protective level of immunity and as of such does not require to have another vaccine put in him. By the same token, when it comes to vaccines for people uh, as well as for pets, vaccines are available without mercury referred to as thimerosal and that are not attenuated. And, And don't ever be afraid to ask your veterinarian if if that type of vaccine might be available at, at their facility, because again, things like aluminum and mercury are are highly toxic, um, and are not things that you want anyone, quite honestly, to put in your body or to put in your pet's body. Most rabies shots last eight years. Um, as far as the distemper, parvo, hepatitis combo, those last four plus years. So those are just kind of good things to keep in mind. Um, I think the weather in Canada is not that dissimilar to the weather here in the States. Um, And when it comes to, for example, heartworm medications that we often give on a monthly basis so that if a mosquito carrying heartworm disease would bite our pet, our pet doesn't come down with heartworm disease. Now, the reality is mosquitoes, there's not a lot of mosquitoes around in the winter when the snow is out there. So giving your pet a heartworm preventative year-round doesn't really make that much sense. It, it's uh, They're effective because they are, uh, you know, they have a level of toxicity, if you will, uh, that prevents the microfilaria from developing into a mature heartworm. So letting your pet's body detox over that four to six month period makes a lot of sense to me. The same, I would say, is very true with your flea and tick preventative, next guard, and there's a whole list of other commercial preparations available. For the most part, bugs in winter are, are, are not plentiful. So... In my mind, there's not a good reason to give your pet those medications when, you know, the inciting uh, pest or flea, whatever you want to refer to it as, uh, isn't out there. So, so minimizing those toxic pesticides and prescriptions, considering titers uh, instead of just all these vaccines, uh, knowing what you're vaccinating for and why, because again, there are more and more vaccines every time you turn around, but just because they're there doesn't really mean that it's the best thing for your particular pet. See, this is this is sort of like where where we started off years ago with human vaccines, and now we're being asked to, to question them, and even the the notion of not getting all the vaccines at once and spreading them out. But you know, when you're saying this, I bump in personally to we take our dog to a daycare every once in a while, and they demand that vaccinations are done on a yearly basis, so rabies is done, or else they won't accept the dog. So this is like lagging what uh, integrative health for humans is, is again, pushing up as well. So um, 
it's 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 very good for people to understand and to challenge and i think this is the reason that we're we're having you on the show is again with our human uh or pet children we need to just not mindlessly go into this and challenge what's going on now that's exactly correct You, you said it beautifully well, and when we talk about, um, you know, let's just go through all of the, the common notions. We go to the store, we buy a bag of kibble. Um, generally, I, I would imagine, I guess, we have to start reading labels there. Just as I preach reading labels when you're buying your own food, read the labels. What are the top three things that you're looking for if you're going to go the kibble route? Let's start there. If you're going to go the dry food route, what do I say the top one, two, three things that you're looking for and what you're trying to avoid? Well, I think, I think a better way to look at the pet food situation, Kathy, is that, first of all, you have to realize that those pet food companies are multi-billion dollar entities. And their bottom line is the buck, believe me. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to feeding, most Americans, and I would guess many Canadians as well, have basically uh, been brainwashed by the multi-million dollar ad campaigns that those pet food companies put out on TV, on radio, on the internet, on social media, and everywhere else you look. So the fact of the matter is, uh, and I'm going to address this primarily with dogs right now, is if we sit down for dinner, Kathy, and we have uh, a chicken breast and some broccoli one night, um, salmon and green beans the next, uh, turkey and cauliflower the next, that's as good for you as it is for your pet. And that's why they pay those graphic artists lots of money to paint all those pretty pictures on the boxes and the bags because they want you to believe that that's actually what's in, let's say, that box of dry dog food that we refer to as kibble. But but here's what I can tell you. Um, when that chicken, for example, goes into the rendering factory, the breast, the thigh, uh, and the leg, the parts that you and I think about, those parts go over to the human side. And the parts of that chicken that are literally left lying on that floor, considered, and I quote, inedible for human consumption. Those are the parts that go over to the pet food side. And then, in order to get the correct amount of protein, etc., that AFCO requires to be put in that bag of food, things like melamine, um, and sciuronic acid, a chemical used to clean swimming pools, are used uh, and approved by AFCO to, and I quote, artificially increase the protein content, end quote. So for those of you that are old enough to remember back to the 2003 and the 2007 menu pet food recalls, where over a quarter of a million pets lost their lives, The reason that that happened is because the melamine combined with the sciuronic acid in the proximal kidney tubules, or in English, just in the kidneys, it formed an insoluble precipitate that caused acute kidney failure and the death of all those helpless dogs and cats. Now, after that happened, 
what those pet food companies did, first of all, they hired a whole bunch of lawyers, and then they had to pay off all the lawyers and all those pet owners. So what they did is they hired more graphic artists to paint prettier pictures and to change the names to natural, green, healthy names. If you think for one minute that they increase the quality of what they put in the pet food bags, then I would say go to fda.gov forward slash recall and just look at the list of pet food recalls that have gone on on a daily basis ever since then. And it's almost unbelievable. It, you know, and it's it, we don't think that way and and this is what we need to start to it's honest to goodness it just sounds like the human path that we're now going on with our animals i want to leave that there to resonate with everybody we're going to take just a very quick break uh, dr carol and come back because this is a fascinating conversation it's got my heart going so we'll be back in a minute Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Dr. Carol Osborne, and it is eye-opening for me. Uh, for you pet owners, you really do need to uh, you know, sit up straight like I'm doing here and take a listen. Fascinating stuff. Dr. Carol, I know I'm not going to get to the end of all the questions I have here, so I'm, I'm going to try and combine a few things. 
Considering diet, um, most of us thought that, oh, I shouldn't say most of us, I thought that, the, <laughs> I can't speak for everybody, I thought that what I was buying was highly, you know, very good food. I was told that, um, I researched it, and, you know, maybe in, in vain. However, let's talk about the diet you would recommend and the lifestyle you would recommend, this is a big question, to give our dogs the healthiest, happiest life with longevity. Well, Kathy, that's a great point. And, and before we uh, end our little diet discussion, I just want to say that when you go out there, if the dry food is what works for your lifestyle, avoid the grain-free diets for now until they're able to figure out the real problem of why these dogs are getting heart disease, dilated cardiomyopathy, and, and whatever the connection is with the grain-free diets. If your dog has been on a grain-free diet, my suggestion is get the supplement called taurine, T-A-U-R-I-N-E. I would say two to 250 milligrams for a small dog, 30 pounds and under, uh, 500 milligrams for a medium dog going up to 60 pounds and 750 to 1,000 milligrams for your large and your giant breed dogs. I would keep my dog on a taurine supplement for an easy four to six months, and I would also transition over to a diet that has grain. Whether you're making a homemade diet, one-third meat, which is your protein, one-third long-acting carbs, one-third vegetables, or whether you don't want to put the carbs in there, in which case you're going to make it 50-50 fresh veggies with the cruciferous on top, 50% of your meat, add a comprehensive balanced vitamin mineral supplement, and add taurine just to be safe. Don't be afraid uh, to look at some of these raw frozen diets. Uh, Primal in particular, I have no connection with it. It's organic in my opinion. It's at the top of the chain when you're getting a, a you know a, a ready-made raw diet. They are steam pasteurized, so all the things they try to scare you about, that's what they're doing, scaring you. My suggestion as far as keeping your pets healthy, feed your dog at least twice a day. At least feed breakfast and dinner. Your dog should have access to clean, fresh water at all times. You want to visit your vet at least once a year. For seniors, every six months is, is a good idea. Senior citizens, when it comes to pets, are those animals aged seven and up. When it comes to vaccines, talk to your vet. Don't just walk in and let them do everything at once. That's not in your pet's best interest. We holistically vaccinate. What that means is we do not use the same dose of vaccine for a three-pound puppy as we would for a 125-pound Rottweiler. Um, again, these are good things for you to know and never be afraid to question your vet. Exercise. Exercise is a big one for many reasons, for mental health, uh, for emotional happiness, and for physical well-being. And keep your pet in a lean body weight. Avoid letting your pet gain all these excess pounds. Pet obesity is a huge problem. Over half of all American America's pets are overweight. 
if your dog is one-third above the ideal weight for his size and breed, you cut his life short by 30%. So how do you tell if your pet's in good condition, Kathy? Easy. Stand behind your dog, take both hands, run them along either side of the rib cage. The rule is you should be able to easily feel but not see each rib. Your dog should have a waist, which is a little tucked up area right in front of the hind legs. If you can pinch more than an inch or so, it's time to visit your vet and talk about a reducing plan. And if you have a pet on the other hand who's too thin, uh, you shouldn't be able to see the ribs. And if you run your hand right along the top of the dog's back, you should not be able to feel what we call the, the, the processes of the vertebrae. If you can feel little bumps and bones, again, that's a sign that your pet might be too thin. Uh, exercising at least 20 minutes twice a day, most pet owners find that they get as much joy out of it as their, as their pet does. Um, I think... Those are just really the basics. The very most important vaccines for all the listeners wondering, uh, rabies is a law. The distemper, uh, hepatitis, and parvo are usually all combined in one shot, and that makes a lot of sense. If you're boarding and grooming a lot, going to puppy daycare, the bordetella, also referred to as kennel cough, is an, is an airborne, kind of like the flu. So that makes sense, too, and that's not really a, a bad vaccine. Some of these daycare centers will require the flu, at least here in the States, Kathy. Uh, and if that's a requirement, then it's okay. But when you get into some of these other vaccines, Lyme's disease vaccine is highly controversial as to whether it causes permanent neurologic damage or actually interferes with the ability of your pet to get Lyme disease is a matter of great debate at this point. I think it's important to remember that ticks transmit 10 different diseases, not just Lyme's disease. So even if you vaccinated your pet for Lyme's disease, there's still nine more diseases that you're not going to vaccinate for because there's not a vaccine available. So as far as ticks, run your hands over your pet's body every morning and every evening. If you find something that shouldn't be there, by all means, remove it. Stick it in a little jar of alcohol. You can then call your veterinarian to be sure of, of, of what it is. Ticks have to attach for 24 to 36 hours before they're capable of transmitting disease. They love the head and neck area. Um, you know, so around your house, cut the grass, make sure you don't have a lot of big shrubs and bushes. That's very helpful as far as, you know, prevention. And if you're thinking of going on vacation with your pet this holiday season, remember to visit your vet. Make sure your pet is healthy and able to make the trip before you put all your plans in gear. Make sure your pet is healthy, 
get a copy of those health records and get a health certificate if you're, for example, leaving Canada and planning to come to the States. Um, if you're traveling by plane, you're going to need a health certificate somewhere between 10 and 30 days from the date of departure. So you, you, you need to get all that lined up and make sure if you're going to a hotel, motel, a campground, make sure that your pet is welcome at the destination of your choice. As far as that being said, there are so many uh, pet-friendly commercial venues, hotels, motels, parks, campgrounds, resorts, etc., that open their arms to uh, people traveling with their pets these days. More and more, actually. I, we go traveling. I'm surprised at even the hotels that allow uh, the pets. Oh, oh yeah. They, they've got all kinds of programs, and they roll out the red carpet yeah, they to, do. to get you and your pet to visit with them. Remember that wherever you go, it is stressful to your pet. Bring some of his or her normal food and water. Um, make sure that your pet understands basic obedience. Don't forget about pet safety belts. Um, and if you have a little bit of a nervous pet, uh, a couple of uh, great little ho holistic recipes, uh, a little cup of warm peppermint tea is wonderful uh, for us upset tummies. Excellent. Um, you want to, again, stick to the normal diet. Try to avoid rich, fatty foods. Uh, if you do get the indigestion, try the peppermint tea. Uh, you can withhold food and water for about four to six hours. And if um, if, if diarrhea should ensue, uh, you want to uh, stick with something bland, let's say uh, chicken and rice, um, and throw in some blueberries. Uh, blueberries are wonderful to, to get that colon to, to settle down um, and, and not you know, be so nervous. Some of the essential oils are wonderful for calming. Uh, chamomile with blue cypress, a few sprinkles on the back, smells wonderful, and it just takes away the edge, kind of like having a little sip of wine. You can uh, put that on your pet a couple of times a day. And uh, if you're out there shopping, never leave your pet alone in a parked car. Um, and on a hot day, remember that the temperature inside your car within 15 minutes on a day that's 80 degrees can become 120. So never leave your pet in a parked car. You have covered like virtually everything. That's wonderful. I have had a couple of questions come up about the same sort of topic and vacationing with your dogs. Now, not all dogs can swim. Is that correct? Or can all dogs swim and some don't choose to? And should they wear a life jacket? Yes, pets should always wear a life jacket. Not all dogs can swim. And the swimming issue has become of such high importance that many experts now recommend getting your dog a few expert swimming lessons <laughs> before you embark on wherever it is that you might be going. Um, you know, remember things like, you know, flat-faced breeze, uh, pugs, boxers, uh, shih tzus. They're, they're, they're really not good in the water. Um, they're also not good in heat because they've got that flat face and their respiratory system is compromised to begin with. Um, your, your sight hounds, uh, greyhounds, um, Italian greyhounds, the big ones and the little ones, 
those dogs have almost no body fat. Consequently, they are not buoyant at all. Um, swimming, probably not a good thing, you know, on the list. And some of the little, like, boxer breeds, they're just... Um, not really made for swimming. So yeah, not all dogs can swim. Um, you always want to get your dog a life jacket if you're at the beach, on the boat, or going to the pool. And it, when it comes to any kind of water, supervision 100% of the time is so important. I cannot overemphasize uh, that enough. And in the hot weather, you know, 15 or 20 minutes is great, but then bring your pet inside. Let him take a break. Let him cool down. Pets can't sweat. So the overheating issue, which can lead to heat exhaustion and heat stroke, is a very big deal, uh, and it is very real. Um, and pets like Labs and Goldens, they will play ball with you endlessly uh, because they're not going to realize that they're too hot. We kind of have to do that for them. That is um, a beautiful piece of advice right there. Because I think, okay, uh, you've brought up many points of how I have failed as a pet owner. Um, but we have uh, a cross, we have golden doodles, and they don't stop. They really don't stop. And we didn't realize that they didn't have this capability of the shutoff until um, one of our dogs blew a leg and then ended up blowing the other leg. You, you, you really have, they're human almost to the extent, I mean, there's so many, if someone didn't know we were talking about pets, they might think we're talking about young children. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> now, the one thing I do want to ask you, um, the, the paws of dogs, you know, we tend to think that they're, they're impenetrable. Are they sensitive to the heat? Y- yeah. Uh, excoriation of the foot pads, very, very common. Here's what I tell people. Take your hand and put it on the surface that you plan to walk on for five seconds. If you don't want to take your hand, take your shoes off. If it's too hot for you to walk outside barefoot, it's too hot for your pet. And that applies to blacktop, concrete, artificial grass, and even sand get very, very hot. Mm -hmm. So remember, there's all kinds of great booties out there. They even have uh, a variety of different little salves that can act as paw protectors. Um, But the excoriation of the foot pads, um, I unfortunately see it all the time. And another big one is if you have a dog with a big, thick hair coat, remember that in the winter, when their hair coat is groomed uh, and it's free of mats, yes, the hair coat insulates that pet and keeps them warm in the winter. That hair coat also insulates that pet and keeps them warmer in the summer. Mm -hmm. So again, dogs with big, thick hair coats like that are going to have a very difficult time when it's 85 or 90 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. Now, the Wait one other question that I want to get to, because I knew that it, we'd be pushed up against the clock here. Sure. Um, a couple of people have asked how often, I know this is, is controversial, how often or do you need to wash your dogs? I've been told that their their skin is extremely sensitive. You don't need to do it more than, you know, a couple of times a year. And then I know people that get their dogs washed and groomed, you know, every four to six weeks. That's a very good point. I don't think the dogs are much different than you and I, maybe just a little bit. So if you have a dog that gets a fancy hair coat, you know, cockers, poodles, and the like, you're going to be at that groomer every four to six weeks. If you have dogs like, you know, Labs and Goldens, for example, they don't need to be groomed that often, but they need to be clean. 
personally, as a veterinarian, I think they should be bathed at least once a month. Oh, my goodness me. <laughs> okay. So, so the thing to remember is use a shampoo that is the correct shampoo for your pet. Don't take the bottle off, off you know, the bottle of Suave off the shelf in your shower and okay. wash your dogs with it. We all have a little bit of a different pH to our skin. So you want to use a shampoo that's made for your pet or Get some oatmeal and, and make a batch of shampoo yourself. That's perfectly fine. But if you wash and dry your pet properly and keep them clean and fresh and keep the coat nice, remember that your pet's skin and hair coat should be glowing. That the skin and hair coat is the largest organ in the body and it is an external reflection of one's internal health. So if the hair coat is dull and dry and flaky, that's that's given you a, a big a big wake up call uh, to see what you can do to address your dog's skin and hair coat by addressing your dog internally, addressing the diet, adding those great essential omega three fatty acids, so that we can start to improve, uh, you know, th- their. Uh, their health and the skin and hair coat are a glowing reflection of how you're doing uh, as a pet owner. Well, I guess I'm going to have to go home and apologize to my two <laughs> little ones because I certainly Wrong see where I need to, yeah, to pull up my socks. Uh, fascinating, fascinating. I didn't even get to healthy snacks, but uh, you know, we'll leave that maybe for another interview. Um, I'd like to talk a lot more about diet because I think that's a topic that we really need to investigate. However, we are up against our, our hour here. Your social media sites, uh, if someone wanted to find out more about you or get more information, where can they look? The best place to look right now, um, Chagrin Falls petclinic.com that's a long one Uh, and in about 10 days uh, my drcarol.com website is going to be relaunched completely new and it will be absolutely wonderful but Chagrin Falls petclinic.com you can call us toll free 1-866-DR-CAROL and uh, we're we're all over the web and we welcome calls and comments from pet loving listeners all over Canada. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you so much. Um, any new projects that are coming out? Well, we're uh, just did a whole rebranding uh, that's going to be incorporated into our new website. And uh, what we try to do is longevity therapies uh, on pets to help them enjoy longer, happier, healthier lives. And we do that through uh great honest nutrition uh, as well as minimizing all the things that we just got done Mm -hmm. talking about, making sure that they're well hydrated um, and being proactive preventative care you know everybody's always talking about all the shots but if you really want to know how your pet is doing you need to know how their body's working on the inside Mm -hmm. so a comprehensive blood panel is as valuable if not more so for your pet than it is for you and I, Kathy, because pets age so much more quickly than we do. So, so if you if you stick to your guns and, and cover the basics, I think that you and your pet will both reap the re- rewards for years to come. 
Thank you so much. It's really been a great, great show. What a great way to come back after three weeks holidays. Um, love to have you on again. There's so much to talk about. This is such a new burgeoning area, uh, the area of pet health, at least for a lot of us. I know not you. But thank you, Dr. Carroll, for joining us. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Well, thank you, and I would love to join you uh, at, at any time. And the reason that they call it the practice of medicine is because we're all out there every day practicing, trying to make it better and better and better. Absolutely, both in the human and in our animal sphere. Everybody, Absolutely. we've got a, a great lineup coming to you in August. We will talk to you next week on The Health Hub. Hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.